Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. From Vanderpump Rules to motherhood and everywhere in between, it's time to catch up with Sheena Shea. This is Shenanigans. And now, here's your host, Sheena Shea. shenanigans time on a Friday with my gorgeous friend, Miss Lala Kent in the building. How are we doing? We're good, bestie. How are you doing? Are you good as gold? I'm always good as gold. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to be joined by my lawyer, Nima, in a little bit. Lala's going to be on the co-host, Mike, but we figured we'd just get the conversation going while he is on his way. He's a very busy man. I cannot wait yeah. to pick his brain. Yeah, I just thought you were the perfect person to have on this episode because you're very involved in the court system. I'm sure you have questions for him. and I have so many questions for yeah. him. And even though, like, the court system is one thing, but then there's obviously branches. You got the family court family, system, yeah. criminal justice system. It's, like, all very, like, blanketed. There's a lot of, like, corruption mm-hmm. in every aspect. Yeah. But I just, I have... I have questions for him. And I'm just someone that speaks about the court system based on experience. But Mm -hmm. spoiler alert, I am not a lawyer. Wait, what? (laughs) It's like when I sit and talk about how everyone's a narcissist and I'm like, not a doctor, though, guys. Right. I'm not (laughs) technically diagnosing, just going off what I think. So just showing for, my asshole yet again. Yeah. <laughs> for those of you watching, I just want to point out my new merch, Justice is Served, is now available on the shop.dearmedia.com website. So check those out. But um, while we're waiting for Nima, I thought we could do a little catch up with Lala. Oh, I love a little catch up with Lala. Yeah. So not just on Vanderpump Rules, but you've been on my Hulu this week. I just watched the new Nightline Hulu ABC documentary, which was so good, by the way. Was it? So there were like two things that happened. So I did Nightline for that. I spoke about the family court system. Yes. And then it looks like they also punted some of those scenes into the Nightline impact yes. about reality TV and the scandal. Yeah. And then there was the Hulu doc, the Randall scandal. Right. Which I want to get into as well. 
There's a lot. <laughs> Where do you want to start? <laughs> you, you you drive this ship, baby. All right. So uh, then I knew you were doing the Nightline thing. And then when I saw that was in the Hulu doc, I was like, oh, wait, I didn't realize that that was the same thing. So it makes sense that you were saying that was a separate interview because what they did for the Hulu doc is they pulled things from so many different interviews and stuff because not everyone, I guess, was either allowed to do the Hulu doc or whatever, but they used so many scenes from so many different things. I was in it more than I thought I was going to be. But yeah, I mean, tell me, I mean, how do you feel about us where we're at now? Season 10, they've done this entire documentary about us. And then I also want to talk about the other one. But just for you to even be featured in that was really cool. I thought it was great. I had yeah. no problem with them pulling that footage from the other. Hi, Nima. Hey, how are you? Yes. Good, how are you? Nima Good. just got in. We're just doing a little catch up. I was fine with it. And I thought that it was great because they used Scandaval as the main scandal. But it was really about how just people go insane over watching other people live their lives. Yeah. And it made me feel really good because there was a professor on there that said, Gossip is actually looked at as a necessity in some places because it's the way you get the word around. Mm -hmm. And it made me feel better about talking shit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I thought it was so good. I actually met one of the guys who was in that doc this weekend in Palm Springs. I was doing a little emo night DJ gig. Yeah, was he there? And the guy Riley Hamilton. Okay. Who does all the TikToks. Yeah. He was at the show. Oh, he's a super fan. So funny. I see him like standing backstage and I look at my sister and I go, is that Riley from TikTok? And she's like, you have to come meet him. He's going to die. So I go, I meet him. We end up hanging out like the whole night. I followed him on Instagram and the girl he was with, I don't, I don't know if it was his wife or just a friend, but she's like, no, 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 you can't follow him. He, he might die. Like he might have cardiac arrest from seeing you followed him back. I was like, no, he's so funny. I just, he's very funny. Yeah. And when Scandaval broke, he's, he treated it on his TikTok like a state of emergency. Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> it was hilarious. But I just thought that doc was so well put together. But also the Randall scandal. I bear, I just watched it last weekend. They have to do a part two. There's At absolutely least. going to be a part two. Because there's so much more. Yeah. I mean, they barely scratched the surface. It was so devastating to watch these kids who came out to Hollywood with such big hopes and dreams and what he mentally did to them Mm -hmm. to not only break their hopes and dreams, but break them as people. Mm -hmm. They most of them moved home. You can see in their eyes and just their reactions. It's like it's PTSD, obviously. And they're having to basically rebuild their lives. I think Randall Emmett is a monster. Yeah. To put it kindly. And I think there needs to be a part two because the things that I know mm-hmm. need to be out there. Yeah, 100%. And oh, I'm yeah. Here, yeah. There will be a part two. I can tell you that when there's always a hesitation to come forward, especially when you're dealing with like a powerful, rich Hollywood producer. Right. And then when victims come forward one after one, there's that snowball effect. Because right. People are scared. Absolutely. People are scared. They don't want to come forward. They don't want to be blacklisted. They don't want to tell their story. But when they see others that are similarly situated, that's why, like, Me Too, it's such an empowering movement. And that's what we're seeing with Randall. Absolutely. And my whole thing is, you know, I it's not my story to tell. I've heard a lot of stories. I've shared some with you, Sheena. And 
it's their story to tell. And I just want them to know that when they decide to come forward, however that may look, that you do have an army of people who are going to rally around you and support you, Mm -hmm. myself being one of them. Yeah. We saw some of your family members, obviously your mom and brother were a part of the documentary, but you weren't. Was that your choice or? I was not contractually allowed. Yeah. It was done by ABC. Mm -hmm. I'm with NBC. So they they just didn't want the crossover to happen. As far as my mom and brother, I told them, if you feel compelled to speak on on how you were affected by this, because my family, we're like a pot of orcas, right? Like we're together till death. You you mess with one of us, you mess with the whole gang. Mm Mm-hmm. And they both felt very, they felt that it was, it was a must. And what's so sad is Easton, when he was talking about it, if you notice, they cut his, his scenes, his interview down tremendously because he kept getting up to vomit. I remember we saw him later that night and he was still throwing up at the bar that night. He was just so overwhelmed with all of it. It, and I asked him, I was like, do you feel just like nervous about the cameras? And he was like, no, it it takes me back to a place where I feel physically ill, even yeah. remembering you with Randall. Oof. How did the L.A. Times story come about? I know if we watch the documentary, people see that this has been in the works for what a couple years now, right? They were kind of investigating him i was told his name started getting thrown around to them in 2017 wow there was not enough so for anyone to say that i did this (laughs) no i i don't the times is super cautious when it comes to this type of stuff they're not going to come forward unless they double and triple check all their sources absolutely you know they're they're a very prestigious publication Mm -hmm. and they're not running anything that like you said nima hasn't been fact-checked 500 times run through legal Like, there's a whole process that even I didn't know went into it. So then after I left the relationship is when the flood of information and I started going through my DMs, I started contacting assistants, anyone who would have seen Randall behind the scenes and who he really is. Not not what I knew, but who he really is. Mm -hmm. And I got in touch with one of his assistants and he said, I just want to let you know that the LA Times is working on an article about him right now. Can they reach out to you? I said, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Tell them to call me. And wow. I think a few days later is when I got a message that said, it's so-and-so from the LA Times, or can you talk? Yeah. And it was amazing reporting. I mean, they broke the story wide open, those two reporters. Yeah. And it's just, obviously, you have your family law case, right? You're talking about sexual harassment. You're talking about elder abuse, all sorts of employment claims. I mean, Really, this is one of the biggest stories in Hollywood right now. And obviously, you're dealing with it personally, but he's affected so many others' lives. You know, people that are just desperate to break into the industry and as well as people that are well-established. I mean, the allegations regarding Bruce Willis are just unbelievable. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. I know. Unreal. Yeah. And I forgot what she did on Midnight in the Switchgrass, but she on the documentary said, like, we should have said something Mm -hmm. when Randall was treating Bruce that way. You can drive yourself insane with all of the ways that you could have stepped up and said certain things. But he was, I'm going to say was or pretended to be in a position of power. I think Mm -hmm. it's becoming very clear he's not powerful. He's never been powerful. He's never been what he pretended to be. Yeah. Well, just because of people like you that are finally stepping up to him, right? I mean, it's that culture of fear and manipulation in Hollywood. You know, you've lived with it. Mm Mm-hmm. 
for so many years and you're continuing to live with it now, but it's such a persistent problem and I'm glad that we're finally shining a light on this. And it doesn't matter whether it's here on the podcast or it's LA Times or the documentary. This is so mm-hmm. incredibly important to so many people. Yeah. I'm so happy that you're saying that. And I'm glad you're here on the podcast oh, today. Thank you for having Nima me. Nima Romani, welcome to Shenanigans. Send it to yeah. Nima. Uh, yes. <laughs> thank you guys for having me. So excited. You know, unfortunately, when I come in, it's usually bad news. Something bad has happened. I know. But I'm glad we're finally sort of seeing justice in some of these cases. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, the whole Randall of it all has just been so insane. I mean, knowing them from the time they started dating when it wasn't public and going on trips with them and just being a part of their relationship. And then what a fucking 180, you know. But now when I'm watching the documentary, I'm seeing all of these stories come out. It's like, yeah, I did see him treat his assistants like shit. But then I also saw him provide such fun experiences for his assistant. So I always just chalked it up to like, he's just overwhelmed. He's stressed out right now. And he's probably going to apologize after, you know, but well, it's, it's like the, when you, when you see it and you're a normal human being and you see that you st- your mind tries to justify it. Yeah. Whereas for someone like Randall, that is the classic way to mentally abuse you. Mm-hmm. They break you down. And then build you back up so you're feeling a little bit safer and all is good. And then they break you down even further. And to the point where you feel you come out of it feeling like you don't recognize who you are, what is life. You're completely scarred. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the psychology of abuse. I mean, it's classic, right? It's textbook. You know, the highs are high, the lows are low. It's part of the manipulation, right? Right. You know, Mm -hmm. it just can't always be bad. And it doesn't matter whether it's domestic violence. It's psychological abuse. It's sexual harassment, right? Right. This is how these abusers operate. So it doesn't matter whether you're married to them, you're working for them. It's the same. They manipulate and they take Mm -hmm. advantage of people. And this is what they do. So this is like par for the course for someone like Randall. How many assistants would you say he went through in the course of your relationship? Oh, I, I lost count. Wow. In fact, when the last one left and he brought on this other kid who's such a slime, who's still with him to this day because he's just as slimy, he's fucking disgusting. I decided with this new guy that he has, I said, I'm not putting his number in my phone. I'm saving him as assistant because I refuse to get attached right. to another assistant because they became like my friends. Well, yeah, the amount of numbers I have in my phone, Randall assistant, mm-hmm. Randall assistant. I'm like, oh, it's right. a new one this week. No, totally. Yeah, I know. So when I went back into my phone, when the relationship went south and I needed to contact these Mm -hmm. people, I just typed in assistant and there was a list of (laughs) 45. Yeah. Yeah. The one who was in the documentary, is that the one who we used to call Paul Walker? Yes. Okay. Because I thought he looked familiar. And I remember when we went to Vegas, like season six, Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. And Paul Walker was with us. I was like, wait, I think that's the guy. Yeah. Sweetest Brett. So sweet. Sweetest assistant in the entire world. I adored him. Yeah. Adore Martin. Like Randall had some really great assistants. Max. The, Max was great. I mean, oh, Max. There were so many that I loved, I but now he's found a slime bag who's on par with him. So Gross. I think he'll he'll stick around for a minute. Oh, <laughs> well, we're going to take a quick little break, but you guys stick around for a minute because we'll be right back. Y'all, I am so excited for my Thursdays right now because we get to watch all new episodes of The Kardashians every Thursday only on Hulu. Now, I am a massive Kardashian fan, as those of you know who have been listening to my show forever. This is the world's most famous matriarchy, and they're back for the most intimate look yet 
inside the family empire. We've got family favorites back. We've got Scott, Kylie, Courtney, Travis. I mean, all of my favorites. I'm so excited. These women are women who I have looked up to for so long. Their business sense is insane. I hate when people say, oh, they're not talented. I'm like, are you kidding me? Could you start your own business in your own empire like these women can? I don't think so. I look up to them. I think they are the most positive role models who just show you what it's like to take fame and turn it into something amazing. There's plenty of laughs this season. This season, the women work to strike a balance between their extremely successful lives as business people and their very personal, real lives. I mean, I don't know if y'all have seen the trailer. I've watched it five times. You need to watch it. There are themes that will emerge like entrepreneurship, sibling rivalry, newfound love, family growth, juggling businesses, motherhood, family, and more. There is so much that so many of us, especially us women, can relate to. We are going to see all six of the women more up close and personal than ever as they continue to evolve what it means to be a Kardashian. We know you love them. I love them. New episodes Thursdays only on Hulu. Check out the Kardashians. All right. So I feel like there's been a lot of confusion about the TRO in this week's episode of the reunion, you see that Andy served me with paperwork, which Rachel claims was a dismissal of the restraining order. But I want you to, I've explained this numerous times, my lawyer, Nima, I would like for you to explain why these papers she served me with were bullshit, why we couldn't you know, get it to go away sooner and just those logistics of it. Because some people are like, why couldn't you guys be in the room? She gave you papers like that should have worked. Yeah, totally. So when you're dealing with restraining orders, there's three types, right? The first is what we call an emergency protective order. That's when the police show up at your house. It's an emergency. They call a duty judge who's on call that night and they can get an emergency order. Usually just lasts a few days. Mm -hmm. Obviously not what we're dealing with here. What we're dealing with is the second type of order, which is a temporary restraining order. So that's what happens when in person goes ex parte to a judge. That means they go by themselves. The other side isn't there. They Mm -hmm. tell their story to the judge and the judge, he or she issues a restraining order that can last a few weeks, usually about 21 days. The issue with that type of restraining order is it cannot be changed, it cannot be modified in the civil context, which is what we're dealing with, until the hearing on the permanent restraining Mm -hmm. order. Now, at that hearing, that's like a full-blown mini trial. Both sides show up, you call witnesses, you cross-examine them, and then the judge makes a decision. He or she's going to issue a restraining order. It can last years, three to five years. So during that temporary period, that 21-day period, there's nothing you can do. This is in the California Rules of Court. It's on the court's website. And this is what I kept telling Rachel's lawyer. Mm-hmm. But obviously, he didn't understand. So when... <laughs> Mickey scary. Mouse lawyer. I know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Mickey Mouse wouldn't know how to <laughs> conduct a, a temporary restraining order. I, He's supposed to be at Disneyland. I know. I don't know what this guy's doing. Do you know doing. who Daryl is? Yes, I know. Yeah. So, yeah, Daryl and I should have gotten together on this one. So when Andy served you, I mean, there was two problems. The first was, as a matter of law, you can't dismiss it. 
Second, what he gave you was the completely wrong document. I'm sure you still have it or you took a picture. No, remember I ripped it up. Oh, I was yeah. on the phone with you oh, and you're yeah, like, right. rip it up. And I was like, I don't need this. You should shit. have shredded it and then put it in I a shadow have a picture, box. And I can oh. I can put it out there if yeah. you want me to. But but what it was was it was a request to dismiss a civil complaint, which is a lawsuit. It has nothing to do with a restraining order. Yeah. So it's a totally wrong document. He tried to call the judge's clerk. She said you can't do it. And that's why we had to show up. Yeah. Because nothing that happened at the reunion had anything to do with that restraining order hearing. Do you think that that was sent because there was a plan they had in the back of the mind? Because that's what she does. What I was thinking, <laughs> what I was thinking was it's going to start with the restraining order. The next thing that's going to come, because I just had a feeling that she and her parents were kind of this way. Next is going to come a lawsuit against you. Oh, yeah, totally. I thought we're looking at a potential lawsuit. Mm-hmm. You're going to be sued for assault and battery, maybe criminal charges mm-hmm. in New York. Let's not forget. I mean, she went to the doctor, mm-hmm. false medical record, went to the police, false police report. Mm-hmm. I think you were totally getting set up to get that permanent restraining order, maybe get a lawsuit filed against you. And who knows? You can't film a show if you have to stay 100 yards apart from Right. Her. Now, do you think because she has now said this week on camera that she regrets it, do you think anything further will come of this? Or you think, like, that's it, it's been put out there, it's been stated publicly, and, like, now this is just dead? Well, it's not binding, but obviously that's helpful. I think the yeah. only thing that may come of it is if you go after her from defamation and malicious prosecution because you have the upper hand. She's already lost. I think she realizes that this was a huge mistake. <laughs> Setting yeah. aside what she did with Sandoval, what she did with you was mm-hmm. an abuse of our justice system. Absolutely. You know, and the fact that like now she's playing victim and going to the FBI. Listen, I was a federal prosecutor for years. I work with the FBI every single day, Mm -hmm. okay? When you put yourself out in the public eye and you do something like this, you better expect that you're going to get some crazy comments on social media. You know, this is not what the FBI is intended to do. They're not supposed to protect someone like you from some nasty comments or even threats on social media. Their job is to actually investigate and go after real crimes. There's thousands of women who are missing in this country, right? People that are being trafficked. I mean, there's so many more important things for the FBI to do and for her to contact them because she feels afraid is absolutely ridiculous. Well, like you said, it's taking advantage of Mm -hmm. the system. And it's, I tell Sheena all the time, the system is broken in many ways. One of which is people like Raquel making it so that no one is taken seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't believe you. Of course. And it's it's such a, a problem in this country, right? You have things like sexual assault, domestic violence. Those are the most underreported crimes, right? Mm-hmm. Women don't come forward. They're afraid. Even when they do, people don't believe them. And the reason People don't believe them, and this is not right, it's not just, is because of these types of false accusations, Mm -hmm. you know? There are men out there that believe that women make these things up. And obviously this had nothing to do with a man, at least as far as you two were concerned, but there are people that are going to say, do you see, she went, she got a restraining order, it was all lies, and Mm -hmm. guess what? Women lie when they go to the judge. Can I ask you a question? So her TRO was basically immediately granted my question is my ex's other baby mama ex-wife her name's amber she went in on two separate occasions asking for immediate protection of not only herself but of her two children it was not only denied once it was denied twice 
And finally, the third time it was put into play. How is it that with what she put into her her documents, which was terrifying, all of which I can co-sign on and say there was one there was not one thing in there that was not true. Why the judge was looking at her going like not a threat, but this girl who was not punched in the face ever, but claimed she was, went to urgent care, which is like a Mickey Mouse place. Like, thank God <laughs> yeah. they're there. Yeah, right. But like, <laughs> for real. I have a scratch. Like five yeah. days later, why was it put into play? But then people like my my friend, my ex's ex-wife, that was denied. Yeah, that's a great question. So you're talking about two different cases. So if you're dealing with family law, so your family court, mm-hmm. and then you have delinquency court, right? So that's when things spill over and there's allegations of abuse and you get into foster care. In those circumstances, judges are a lot more hesitant to grant restraining orders saying, hey, you can't see your kids because people are more prone to lie in that context, to gain leverage in an unrelated case, right? Mm -hmm. They want dad or the mom not to see the kids. So there are sometimes allegations that aren't true. Whereas in the civil context, right, you guys don't have any kids together, you don't live together, you have really no pre-existing conflict. Mm -hmm. So when a judge hears, hey, there's a police report, there's an urgent care report that says she has a concussion, right? Okay. You're not there to dispute any of this. Right. The judge is going to be like, okay, I'm going to rubber stamp this at least for a few weeks, right? Whereas in the context that, hey, I'm going to get a restraining order, not because I want you to stay away from me, because, hey, I want you to stay away from your kids. Mm-hmm. Right. Judges are going to be like, well, wait, is this something I want to grant or do I want that full hearing to hear all the witnesses and all that? Evidence? See, but it goes back to what I fight for on the steps of Stanley Moss Courthouse and in other states saying parental rights cannot be placed above the protection of children. Absolutely. And it happens every day. It ends up with children being sexually abused, mentally abused, physically abused, and sometimes even murdered. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can tell you, my wife is an attorney for foster kids. So she has like two to 300 kids where she is their legal guardian. They've been taken away from the parents. So now they're wards of the state and everything from signing a permission slip to getting a prom dress. Like that's something that I deal with every single day. And there's many times that it's some spillover because of their, some family law dispute. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really sad. And really, like you said, Lala, the standard is the best interest of the child, right? right? Unfortunately, oftentimes, the parents are only thinking about themselves and not the kids. Right. Ugh. So I just gave me chills what you said. Yeah, it's sad. And I can tell you another terrible fact. You know, like, people abusing the system, children that go up in foster care within three years, more than 50% of them are trafficked, mm-hmm. homeless, in prison, or dead. More than 50% of kids that grow up in foster care. So think about what parents are doing to their kids by, you know, look, sexual abuse, physical abuse, all that stuff happens all day, every day. But when you make up allegations or you don't protect your own kids because of a dispute you have with your ex and your child goes in that system, they don't have a chance. No, I know. And that's, I think that was the toughest pill for me to swallow, not to take away from the restraining order, but that the moment I entered a custody battle, me being naive, thinking, you know, this is a no brainer. It's about the child. Like this is a no brainer. Mm -hmm. And what I had to present as well, it was in in black and white, realizing, wow, my child doesn't belong to me anymore. My child belongs to the court system and some random woman 
is is going to choose what her future looks like, and I have no control over it. I don't, and, and, and you're crying, and you absolutely should be. Let me tell you, it's such a fundamental right that we're talking about. People don't realize. Obviously, look, if you're accused of a crime, the government is going to give you a lawyer. These types of cases, delinquency cases, are the only other type of case where the government has to give you a lawyer because it's such a fundamental right. It's your child. If you're getting deported, you don't have a right to a lawyer, right? You're getting divorced, you don't have a right to a lawyer. But they're taking your kid away from you. They will give you a lawyer because it's such an important thing. And again, a lot of people don't know about this system unless they happen to be involved in it. And they don't realize how your life can be completely torn apart. Right. But I try to tell people because I post a lot, no matter what system we're talking about, the one Sheena Mm -hmm. was in or is in, the one I'm in, you have to be aware because it may not be your reality now, but it could be your reality in the future. And you cannot go in not knowing what the future could hold for you. Well, yeah, like we've talked about this on the podcast before. I had no idea ever what a reunification camp was. Never heard of it. It's not something that I've ever known about. And then hearing what Lala is doing and with this woman and it's one mom's battle on Instagram for those of you who want to follow along. I had no idea that something like this existed because it doesn't affect me today, Sure, you know? And that's what I love so much about Lala spreading awareness and letting people know like this shit is happening and it needs to stop. Oh, it's so traumatic. I mean, you're really taking a child away from the preferred parent, right? For those of us that don't know, you send them to this camp for days and you have children that like are very young. Some of them is not really even verbal. The youngest, the youngest, on record is six. Oh my uh, god! And it's just—it's so sad. Sometimes the kids are special needs, you know. They're—they're they're really torn apart, and all of a sudden, you know, they're indoctrinated and by these therapists to completely change their thoughts about the parent they're alienated from. Mm-hmm. And it's really sad. It's traumatic, and my heart breaks for those kids. They're already going through so much, yeah. right? They've already really lost one parent, and now they're being taken from the parent that they mm-hmm. love. The other day, I literally had to come here and record a podcast and Summer just was like, mommy, 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 and was clenched onto me. And I was like, daddy's taking you to the park. Your dad, who you love, your other favorite person in the world. And she was just like, mom. And I was like, I started crying. I was like, oh, my God, parents go through this when they have to give their kid like she has to do every week. Give your kid to someone you don't want to give your kid to, to a bad person, to these reunification camps. And I was just like, in that moment, I just had so much sympathy for any parent who's ever had to give up their kid because I'm like, I'm just leaving her with her dad to go to the park. And it was gut wrenching. She was just like, no. And I was like, you're fine, you're fine, but God you know, damn. It, it's, it's so, you know, it's so challenging. It's so difficult for these kids. And, you know, psychologists have come and they've sort of analyzed life stressors, right? And divorce usually will come in second. The only thing more stressful, the only thing more traumatic is death of a child. Divorce, <sighs> these types of separations, yeah. it's more difficult than death of a parent. Because that's something that is expected in mm-hmm. your life, that your parents are going to pass. But Right. It's like I always say... I don't know what you believe in, but I'm like, God built built me in a way that I know how to deal with the death of my parent. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah but... It's the natural cycle of life. Yeah. But losing your child? I mean, no, no one my God. ever, you know? And this is, it's obviously not the same as your child dying, but it is, you're losing a part of your child mm-hmm. when, you know, they have to go to those camps or they have to go to someone that... Well, some of these, some of these women, because one mom's battle is directed at women affected by this. Not mm-hmm. saying that some men aren't, but the majority is female. Some of them have been gone for 
over 300 days. Could you imagine no. not seeing Summer for 300 days? Wow. No. And these women are trying to get people to listen to their stories and begging for someone to step up to the plate. And in return, a judge says, I'm now gagging you. You cannot talk about it. So now you don't have someone like a Randall saying, just sign this and you promise to be quiet. You have a judge with actual power saying, you have to be quiet. Could you imagine a judge doing that to me? No. Well, I, it would <laughs> I'd probably go to jail. <laughs> I'd be breaking it. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, it's terrible. But like, like you said, I mean, people like Randall, this is what they do. They try yeah. to silence their enemies, right? We see these NDAs, oh, right? Yeah. We see in sexual harassment, sexual assault cases, and family law cases, they want to make sure that the victims don't tell their story. And mm -hmm. obviously you two have a platform, but imagine the millions of women out there that do not, yeah. that don't have the strength, that don't have that voice and imagine what they're going through. They don't have the money. They can't afford a lawyer. Mm -hmm. I mean, think how sad it is for those women. I, yeah. I can't, I can't even imagine because when I entered, even with you, Sheena, it is a luxury to be able to walk into a courtroom and protect yourself. Yeah. It is not cheap. The system, I believe in my humble opinion, is designed to bleed you dry, mm -hmm. exhaust you to where you just go the fuck away. Mm -hmm. That's what I've seen. Yeah. And it takes a very strong mind and also someone who can afford it to go in and, and stand up against the system for a long period of time. I look back, I've been in this almost two years. I'm like, how the fuck has it been two years? No. Then I meet people that are like, wait until it's been 10. What? 10? Oh my God. Let's pray and yeah. hope that that is not no and you, then i hit like, my vape and they're like that's gonna kill you i'm like the stress will kill me well before this does baby oh yeah and and you're right there's people that just they don't have the time they don't have the mm -hmm. money they don't have the energy and they just give up yeah. right because so they're dealing with someone just stronger richer more powerful all right so we all talk on the phone we all communicate you know that's just a part of our lives visible wireless is one of those things that believes in bringing people together and not just through its simple, accessible, all digital wireless service, but also through the power of connections and fostering community. So you guys know it is June. It is Pride Month. It is one of my favorite months out of the year. And this Pride Month, Visible is launching the hilarious 70s theme game show, No Straight Answers, bringing Gen Z contestants and LGBTQ plus icons together to support SAGE, which is a nonprofit advocating for LGBTQ plus elders. Now, this is a really fun, spirited game that uplifts the LGBTQ plus history, fosters intergenerational connection, and celebrates those who paved the way for pride to become what it is today. No Straight Answers is hosted by actor and comedian Benny Drama, who I love, and you guys will too. If you don't know who he is, check him out. It features talented LGBTQ plus creators like The Old Gaze, Jared Goldstein, and Kendall Landreth. Right now, y'all can visit visible.com slash sage to learn more about the campaign and watch No Straight Answers on Visible's Instagram and TikTok. You can also test your own pride knowledge all throughout the month by following along trivia and quizzes on Visible's Instagram. All right, y'all. 
Factor Fridays because that is what has been keeping me fueled and fed. Now that summer is approaching, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals for sunny, active days. So Factor is what I have been eating for months now. I have the smoothies in the morning. I have a meal for lunch. I have a meal for dinner. Sometimes I just do one meal and I still cook. But then when I cook, it's like the cleaning, the prepping, the chopping, just all of the time it takes, you know, don't always have time for. So Factor has made it so easy for me to eat well, enjoy the meals I'm having, skip the trip to the grocery store, and just skip the rest of it. Factors, always fresh, never frozen. Their meals are ready in just two minutes. I know you guys have seen my posts on Instagram, watched my YouTube videos. The food is so good. I mean, all you have to do is heat and enjoy and then, you know, go back outside and soak up the warm weather. They have calorie conscious options. So if you're looking to cut back, I recommend trying Factor. They have over 34 chef prepared, dietitian approved weekly options featuring premium ingredients. They have broccolini. They have some that I've had with like leeks and truffle butter. I mean, it's it's so good. I had this fusilli the other night with a tomato cauliflower on the side and it was so good. It was like I was at an Italian restaurant in my living room. Right now, y'all can head to factormeals.com slash team Ariana 50 and use code team Ariana 50 to get 50% off your first box. That's code team Ariana 50 at factormeals.com slash team Ariana 50 to get 50% off your first box. How long could this have been dragged out for Sheena? Do you believe, because when I would talk to Sheena about it, I can only speak on my own experience. Again, two different systems. Mm -hmm. Could, do you think that you would have walked in on the 29th and gotten a verdict right then? Or do you think that they could have punted you six months down the road? We have the right to get a continuance of a, as a matter of right. So when Sheena and I met, I mean, we planned to fight this. We were going to subpoena y'all. Production probably wasn't oh, going to yeah. be happy. You we had guys, a whole plan. Yeah. I love a good subpoena. Yeah, you guys were going to come into court. Subpoena them all. Yeah, you guys were going to Daryl. Yeah. You guys were going to come into court as witnesses. So we had our full witness list. We were ready to go and fight this if mm -hmm. necessary. Now, when they said they weren't going to show what we wanted, we went in court. We we're prepared. But what we we're going to do is we're going to say, "Hey, we need some time to get our witnesses in. Judge, give us a couple weeks." But we were planning to fight this. The whole yeah. entire time. I was up flying until people in from New York. Yeah. We had oh, New I know. York you were ready to we go. We had LA witnesses. I mean, we're ready to go. Yeah. I don't think she that Raquel was mentally prepared for that. No. I think in her mind, you just like file it and it just happens. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. The system is like a jungle. Well, and then she's like trying <laughs> to make good with production by being like, oh, no, I'm trying to fix it. Like, I, I, I regret it. I don't want this restraining order anymore. We can film together. It's fine. It's like, nah, bitch, that's not how no. this works. We got a court date. And until then, I'm keeping my mouth shut. And that's like Andy asks, like, did you punch her? Did you? And I'm like, I'm not saying anything. I will speak to you after March 29th. You can have me on Watch What Happens Live. You can call me. We can DM, text, whatever you want after March 29th. Until then, I'm not answering any of your yeah, questions. Yeah, that was the plan, right? Did you get the handwritten note? I've not received a handwritten note. Do no, you even want I've one? I've not received an apology. I've not received a text. I've not received anything from this chick. I know she's capable of a handwritten note because she's sending yeah. them to Tom Sandoval's house. Yes. In letter form, in postcard form. 
And I was like, when she did the postcard, I'm like, you're either stupid or you're calculated. You know Ariana legally can't open up the mail that you've been sending in an envelope. So now you're sending a fucking postcard? No, I don't. So she can see it? You're either dumb or calculated. If she, I don't think she's smart enough to be calculated. There may be other people around her that are like, send you should do it, it this way. Yes, because, you know, True. teaching her. Yeah. Which you can't, you can't be mad at someone trying to teach a dumb bitch. Literally, the front of this postcard had a fucking lightning bolt going into the <laughs> desert in Arizona. Oh, I can tell she's really regretful about everything. <laughs> what? God. what is wrong with you? I know. I, I don't know what's going on through her mind. I don't know if. She won the game, you guys. This was a game. Really? She's a pageant girl. Her whole life has been based off of competing against other women and not in a healthy way. It's who's prettier. Yeah. Very good point. What a fucked up thing to put your child in, in a pageant. And the amount of TikToks now that I've seen of all of, all of our looks, every girl on the show, she's copied looks of ours multiple times, which at the time, absolutely terrifying. I never noticed. I was like, oh, Lala, that's a coincidence. She wore a black bow in her hair with a black lace Mm. outfit. I would wear that. That's Mm. cute. Then you see it's, one after another. I'm like, this is single white female. Oh, yeah. What the fuck? Well, we know if you disappear, who our number one <laughs> suspect is going to be. But, but, I, right? but like, what is she thinking, right? I know her family's in her ear, right? Maybe she's getting some legal advice. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you're Sheena Shea. You're not going to back down, you know? Did she think that, like, she's going to file this and you're going to go away or she's going to get this restraining order? Like, you know what not- I've learned? Any woman who has nails like Sheena Shea, don't fuck with them. No. They put up a good fight. Anyone with little shorties, don't look at mine right now. And you know what's Anyone funny? Anyone with little, little shorties? Short right These are short for me because I'm throwing out the first pitch at the Padres game this weekend. So well, I want a little have, shorter. You have a reason. <laughs> yeah. You have a good reason. Yeah. But the, I do know that mm-hmm. for facts. Yeah. Don't fuck with me. Fuck. I had a really good question for you. Oh, but even if she wanted to blame, if Raquel wanted to blame, like my parents got in my ear. At the end of the day, when she went to her lawyer, she had to sign off on all these things, correct? Penalty of perjury. I mean, you go to the police, you file a police report. Oh, that's a crime. That's a felony. You get a medical record, false medical record. You submit it. I mean, she could be prosecuted for, like, perjuring herself, for abusing our criminal justice system. But how would she get prosecuted? Would I have to press charges for these things? Yeah, so there's two types of ways it can go. So... The district attorney or the city attorney could get involved mm-hmm. and say, listen, what you did was wrong. What you did was false. We're going to prosecute you. Now, I'm going to be honest, as a former prosecutor, they're probably not going to want to get involved in all this. You know, that's it's just reality not, show yeah, drama. Yeah, that's, totally. just, that's just not yeah. how they work. The other would be that you file on your own. So mm-hmm. you can file and you can say, hey, you know, you put me through all this. I had to deal with Nima Romani and my lawyer for weeks. You know, it really in some ways completely derailed the reunion show, right? I'm sure production wasn't happy at all. The amount of emotional distress this whole thing caused me, which you obviously see the emotion come out of me this week, but as you knew, the night before the reunion, we didn't even know if I was going to be able to go. I'm like, if they can't guarantee that we can follow the restraining order, how can I safely go knowing I could get arrested if I accidentally walk into the wrong dressing room right. or something? Oh, yeah. I don't trust this chick. Oh, no, yeah. I, I mean, know. There's a court order, right? And literally, it was an 11th hour phone call yeah. between me and Alex, the executive producer, where we finally hashed it out and we agreed on how it's going to work and we had all the assurances that you're going to mm-hmm. be 100 yards away. Because let's not forget, you have to be 100 yards away from her person, but from her car. You can't even communicate with her yeah. indirectly. You can't 
tell Andy something that's going to go to Rachel because that also violates the restraining order if you right. talk through an intermediary. No, I just yelled at the TV from my trailer, yeah. which you'll hopefully see next week in part three. Well, <laughs> that's absolutely fine. Yeah. There's nothing that states you can't yell at someone through right? a television no. yeah. screen. <laughs> But thank you again just for, you know, being there for me throughout all of this. So I don't know if you know, but we met through a friend of mine from high school. She heard the news about all this and she was like, hey, it's Nas. Like we just saw each other at our 20 year reunion and stuff. And she was like, I don't know if you remember, but I'm an attorney. I'm not this kind of attorney. But from what I'm reading on TMZ, you need an attorney and I have someone fantastic for you. Very quickly, what kind of attorney are you? Yeah, so now I do plaintiff's work, I do employment, I do civil rights, I do personal injury, but I've been a litigator for years. Oh, so wow. like, you know, there's attorneys like your attorney, your attorney, you guys probably have transactional attorneys, they're doing deals, right? Those are the lovers. Right, like the entertainment lawyer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm That's a fighter. A so I've done defense work and I was a prosecutor for many years. So I was a oh, federal so prosecutor. you're well experienced, well versed in all of these things. Yeah, so I've handled a lot of restraining orders, a lot of prosecutions. Don't look at me, I'm pretty old. I've been doing this more than 20 years. So. You look freaking good. You don't good. look okay. old You have at a baby all. face. Well, what do you put on that uh, skin, yeah, Nima? Uh, high mileage, a lot of wear and tear, you know. <laughs> these aren't freeway miles here, so. <laughs> and you went to Harvard, right? I went to Harvard. Never uh, heard amazing. of it. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> no, but I mean, I've done this a long time. I put more than a thousand people in prison, so. Wow. Are you kidding me? No. Damn. What's the craziest case you've ever worked I've on? I've gotten a guy on the most wanted list fugitive drug kingpin meth dealer so i've seen some shit yeah it sounds like it no but thank Nas for telling me about the case i didn't really know anything about it until she did i'm really glad it was a righteous case i'm glad it was Mm -hmm. a just result because it was complete and total bullshit what she put you through yeah no i know and i don't even think that raquel thought about the the mental state, like she just thought that it was like something that was going to go in and make her look like a victim. Whereas someone who's in the family court system, even though you're not dealing with it, maybe right in that moment and you're not, you know, Sheena's not communicating with you in that very second. Mentally, it takes you away from your child. Mm -hmm. And that is unforgivable. Yeah. Yeah. No, it does. Unless you and I talk to, if there's anything I can do to help, obviously. I'm taking you up on it. No, that whole three weeks, four weeks leading up to the reunion and after up until court. I mean, that was extremely tolling on my emotional state, mental state. It was just like every I couldn't function. I couldn't eat. I still haven't even gotten back in my routine of working out, taking care of myself. It was just like I gave up. And what's exhausting? Yeah. Yeah. You're tired. Yeah. And what a PR stunt, too, to have Andy serve you. I mean, we talked about, like, so you know. I disgusting. Know. In that moment, did you think, because I think I made eye contact with Ariana first, did you think in that moment that these were papers, like, you've been served, here's your court date? Because that's what I thought. Because I still never got served, served. I Justice thought, served, yeah. I thought because you and I, Sheena, had communicated saying you thought that she was going to serve you yeah. at the reunion and yeah. Nima, you had prepared her for that. So when I saw that, I was like, here it goes. Here it is. Yeah. Here it goes. Yeah. Because for everyone that was watching, if you're served five days before the hearing, the mm-hmm. hearing's a go. So the reunion date was like six or seven the days. The 23rd. It was yeah. six days before. Yeah, it was six days before. So if she served you there, like we were going to have that hearing. Yeah. I have a question. Yeah. Can Andy Cohen serve her legal documents? Mm-hmm. Yes. Anyone who's not a party to the case is over 18 can serve. You don't have to Anybody. be a licensed Tom Sandoval could have yeah. served me. Yeah. They just have to <laughs> sign a proof of service. Any really? adult that has nothing to do with the case can serve. 
Even in family court. Even in family court. Which is why when someone appears in my front door with flowers, I go, yes. <laughs> leave flowers them outside, are bitch. Yeah. <laughs> leave them outside. Yeah, flowers, Amazon like delivery. Yeah. in Birmingham, you're like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I know. Right? Yeah. Flowers for That is my government name, and you must have something to do with the government. Right? I'm not answering this door. Seriously. Yeah, seriously, but like for those of everyone listening, flowers are the number one way a process server serves someone. That's crazy. Yes, you know the tall, beautiful one on OC last year. She's not there anymore. She was married to Sweet James. Yes. Oh, yes. He served her divorce papers with flowers. <gasps> yeah, I, I know Sweet James. So yeah, and his business partner. But yeah, so I know how that went down. I don't know the ins and outs of their marriage, but that's a yeah. savage. I know that Sweet James with. likes a stack of vaginas. Ugh. Well, he's in Puerto Rico right now. So Sweet. oh, aren't yeah. they all? Yeah. Who names <laughs> themselves Sweet? James, by the way, those billboards, so never noticed them until she appeared and told me about Same. them. And I can't Honestly, stop seeing them. I had never noticed them before either. And then it was like all I saw. They have them in like Azusa. I mean, my drive from my mom's house to here, I Everywhere. see at least three or four of them. Like, yeah. Okay. Do you ever get tuckered out from your job? No, because it's really the life I've chosen. You know, some people... Some people don't like the fight, right? Imagine going to work every day. There's always someone on the other side resisting every single thing you do. Right. Everything, right? So mm-hmm. it doesn't matter whether I'm prosecuting someone, I'm defending someone. Look, I love it. I embrace it. If you thrive off yeah, of it. And if anyone's thinking about law school, like I said, I said in the world, they're lovers and there's fighters. I'm a fighter. I just love the conflict. I love our adversarial system. Mm-hmm. So okay. I just thrive on it in moments of crisis. Maybe I would be a good lawyer because... I don't necessarily like conflict, but when we have conflict on the show, I'm like, it's almost like I get this adrenaline rush. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, then you'd be an amazing lawyer because yeah. those are the type of people that thrive on it. Because if you don't like it, if you don't like someone on the other side fighting you at every step of the way, you're going to hate being a lawyer or you should be one of those entertainment lawyers that's kind of pushing paper around and, you know. Right. Uh. <laughs> one more question for you, because I think you're amazing. Are you the type of lawyer where you're very by the book in your emails or are you a little bit passive aggressive? Oh, I'm one of those. <laughs> I'm like, yes. la, la. yeah, you should see me in the courtroom, too. Like, I will bring it. I yeah. would yeah. die to see yeah. you in the courtroom. I know. Too bad this year. I, didn't go through. That was the thing, too. I <laughs> was like, TRO my lawyer is a savage. Rachel does not want to be in the courtroom with our team and our witnesses. But I also think Rachel, her family and her lawyer knew that they were not going to win this. I'm going to take credit. When I started, when I outed him on social media and was like, you fucking clown. Don't send me fucking emails. I yeah. think that they all kind of were like, oh, my God. Oh, we would have torn her to shreds. It would have been a bloodbath. I don't think they were ready for the two of you. No, but Sandoval, the day I filmed with him, he hid after, talked to Brock outside when Brock was coming back from the park with Summer, and when he left, they ran into him. And he had said to Brock, like, trying to almost threaten us, but it was like, I just want you to know, her family has a private investigator, and if they get this video, it's going to be very bad for Sheena when it shows her punching her. And I'm like, but I didn't do it! So find the fucking video. Go ahead. You're like, why are you wasting money on a private investigator? I'll just go request it myself. Right? Because that would actually help me in this case. Well, and Sandoval was going to be one of their witnesses, too. I mean, when we went through the case, we're like, who are we going to go after? Whose lives are we going to ruin? And it was going to be Rachel number one, mm-hmm. Sandoval two. Not because of what happened, but because those were our two 
witnesses that we really needed to discredit. Yeah. So imagine. Well, at the end of the day, it was no longer about Scandaval. It was you've now filed. Yes. I'm in the system. Yeah. You, you have, have now brought with me my life. Correct. Yeah, yeah. There's real consequences. You know, if you violate the restraining order, guess what? On the reunion or elsewhere, you can go to jail. You mm-hmm. can't have a fire. I'm not to say you want one. I mean, but. This isn't like a show anymore, right? Yeah. This is real life with a judge, with a court, and actual consequences mm-hmm. that are going to follow you the rest of your life. And you also, I would assume, going into a courtroom and a judge is already going to be looking at you a certain way and her a certain way because they're dealing with real life shit. Mm-hmm. And here are these two white women who are on a reality TV show and acting the way that we've acted. And sh- that judge would look at... All of us, yeah. including your witnesses, like we're all just a freaking circus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even the courthouse when we went, they weren't ready for it. There's literally like reporters wall to yeah. wall surrounding the court when we walk in. I mean, the gallery is crazy. full. Yeah, no, I'm sure. Yeah. <sighs> well, again, I know y'all were ready for a fight, but I was we so were. thrilled when it was done because my friend could go back to being a mom, being my mm-hmm. sweet little shishu who would not hurt a fly. I say one semi mean comment to me or to her and she's in the fetal position and I'm like it's okay No, it was no just... but I really saw a new Sheena, like from the time I met you mm-hmm. till the time the case resolved. I mean, you came in, you were scared, you were upset, and yeah. look, you came out on top because you ended up incredibly strong. Yeah, because I you... had to be. Yeah. And that's the thing. The hardest part about all of this was I'm a mom. I don't want to do anything that's going to get myself in trouble that's going to take me away from my daughter I was just like oh my god why did I do that that night why did I push her why did you do that Sheena and I'm like there's you know barkers and biters and that night I was a biter why couldn't I just be a barker why did I have to push her I would have never in a million years thought it would have escalated this much and then I I was freaking the fuck out I know you think about now that you've experienced this you think about things differently and I am definitely just a barker because I never want to catch a case. Yeah. I don't want to be in the system. I know, but you two have been betrayed by people that you really cared for and you loved at some point in your life, right? Obviously you and Randall and then you, I mean, here's someone you took in your home Mm -hmm. with your younger sister, one of your best friends. And for them to do this to you, both of you guys, I mean, to be taken advantage of like that, Mm -hmm. it really kind of changes your perspective on life and you become a little more jaded as a result absolutely you don't trust as many people around you no and i just it's a little joke but literally this whole scandal has fucked me up so much to i don't ever think for one second anything would happen with lala and brock but the internet does And it's like, it does get in your head a little bit to where I had a dream the other night that Brock left me for Lala and raised Ocean and Summer together with Lala. And it's like, it does get in my head subconsciously. I don't think that her, of all people, out of all of my friends, is the last person to ever do something like that. She's been through it. She knows. But the amount of people constantly saying it, then we're at Disneyland and I take her mom and brother to the bathroom and then they take the girls on a ride. And I'm like, oh my God, is someone going to see like Brock and Lala and be like, oh, Brock and Lala together at Disneyland? And it's just like the way that people say things. I'm like, I don't think that. But now it's just like it's impossible. It's so when something like this happened, it really just shakes your whole core. Right. Yeah. I mean, how can you not? These are two people that you've known for so many years. Right. Even kind of before the show. Right. These are your friends. Right. These aren't just some actors that they just kind of put together. Yeah. Right. For them to betray you like this. 
betray each other, but to betray you, right? And for what reason? Because you called her out on something completely horrific and immoral yeah. that she did. And for her to drag you through the mud and try to get you arrested right. and try to get this restraining order. Yeah. It's complete and total bullshit. So, of course, you're going to feel like this. Yeah. Right. No, I, I know what you mean with the Internet. But you, I think with Scandaval, it gave everyone like it was like everyone took a hit of crack. Mm -hmm. And they just were thriving off of the adrenaline rush that the scandal had had made them feel, you know, yeah. and. They want to feel that again. It was almost like a drug, right? Yeah. So they're like, who else can we throw into the mix of like a maybe? Yeah. And obviously, you know, like I, I know, like, I don't really <laughs> like men at all. I'm going to, I'm going to say what Raquel said. I'd sleep with you before I'd sleep with Ron. <laughs> <laughs> no, but really, I know what you mean. When you see the same yeah. thing. Well, there have been times where I see someone calling me a homewrecker or a mistress over and over and over again. And I look in the mirror and I go like, oh, my God, did I not see this mm -hmm. the way that it was? Maybe I was. Maybe I was a mistress. Maybe I did wreck a home. And you start believing what yeah, people are saying. I've done that, too. Who don't even know you. I know. So... You are very much protected by me. I know. And that sounds like a nightmare. And I'm going to leave that. <laughs> have you seen the Randall scandal? I have not, but I do Us Weekly's legal show every week. Right. And it's literally probably one of the top stories every single week because every week there is a new witness or a new victim that comes forward. And it's just. I'm telling you, it's snowballing, but yeah. I will watch it. I feel like I already know everything about it because I'm talking about it every single week. Yeah, well, the the trailer alone, like I want to say a couple days before it actually aired, had over 14 million views, which... Wow. Yeah, I'm like, I got to have eyes on it. Like this is, it started with a custody battle about Ocean. It grew into there are victims and I'll be damned if they're not brought peace. Yeah. Well, part two... We know is coming. Oh, <laughs> because no there is so much more to this story. But <laughs> until then, thank you guys both for being here. Thank you Getting for having into some me. shenanigans with me. Yeah. Nima, please tell everyone where they could find you if they need a lawyer or yeah. just want to follow you along. Yeah, so I'm at Nima Romani and my firm is called West Coast Trial Lawyers. Boom. Perfect. It was great to meet you, Nima. Great yeah. Thanks for protecting our girl. Thanks, she is. Thank, thank you, you so much. And thank you guys for listening. Bye. Thanks for listening to Shenanigans with Sheena Shea. Download new episodes every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> Looking fine and I got my girls with me. With the boys at the table getting tipsy. Miss me, kiss me one more time. Get over here, boy. I'm going to make you mine. Do you want it? Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.